0: Not gonna lie, Dan, it kinda felt like the fan base was ready to explode after a maddening night. But the Jays bounce back, avoid the sweep in the south side of Chicago, and we'll have a full Tim and Friends post-game into the pregame. Jamie and Joe, Jesse Rubinoff with your reaction at Tim and Friends on the socials. I am Tim, and of course we'll have all the news of the day coming up, including game four of the Stanley Cup final, which is coming up on Sportsnet. So do me a favor and my ratings a favor and lay down the remote for a little while let's have some fun starting with what just happened in Chicago finale of the three game set Jays coming in losers of five or six frustrated after a tough loss last night and tired after using six arms in the 7-6 12 inning loss Bluebirds needing a pick me up and maybe they got it from Guillermo Martinez the hitting coach who was tossed while giving the lineups. That's right, before the game even starts, he gave uh, last night's home plate umpire a word or two. I'd like to know what those words were, but it seemed to help. Top of the first, two on Alejandro Kirk goes the other way. Santiago Espinal scores, third RBI in the last two games. One nothing Bluebirds for Ross Stripling. Three and one with a one zero four in four appearances this month. That's not bad. Follow the first, Andrew Vaughn. How about this double play? Matt Chapman, who most people thought was going to go to first, ends up turning two. And uh, I guess Jays fans were excited about that. <clears throat> I don't want to be that fox. Top two, two on. Espinal pops it up. Trio of White Sox converge. Adam Hazley makes the catch, but. Danny Mendick who is playing shortstop leaves the game right knee discomfort and the Jays just kept coming in the top of the third.
1: Rio green light and he crushes it to left center field and he's done it again. (laughs) The White Sox will be seeing Alejandro Kirk in their nightmares.
0: Second in as many days fourth against the pale hose this season it's 2 nothing Toronto meanwhile back to stripling bottom of the three Jays righty sits down Adam Angle and Hazley. two of his five K's on the afternoon stripling again filling in what they absolutely positively needed and more defense Chapman takes one away from Josh Harrison. Stripling allows just one run over six innings in a season high eighty seven pitches top of the fourth man on Lourdes Gurriel Junior lines it to the outfield Chapman scores from second three nothing Jays still in the inning the bases are drunk for Bo Bichette and son of a Bichette doesn't he come through
1: and a swing and a high fly ball to left field Pollock giving it a look it is gone Bichette has cleared the bases, and the grand slam makes it seven to nothing.
0: The bats continue to swing. Bichette's grand slam as Dan mentioned seven nothing wouldn't stop there. Top seven now seven one. Teoscar Hernandez shows up with my favorite muppet, that of course being Gonzo. Toronto's third home run of the ball game. Now it did get a wee bit interesting with the bullpen, but the Jays take it nine five. Is your final as they salvage one in the south side of Chicago? Here's a rash from Danny, guaranteed. Ray Field with Tay Oscar.
2: Tay Oscar never seems easy, even when it, even when it looked to be easy, it wasn't. What were your emotions like the last couple of innings?
3: I mean, that's that's how it's gonna be when when we face uh, good teams. You know, the good teams never give, give up. Like us, we never give up. Uh, Even if we lose him by five four three whatever uh, the difference might be uh, we always gonna go out there and fight and try to win uh, as many ball game that that we want You guys were just in that spot on Sunday
2: What's it like when you are trailing and the momentum just starts to build? What's it like being on the offensive side of that? What's it like being on the defensive side of that?
3: I mean uh, it's just an everyday thing uh... Uh, we try to do everything that, that we can, hitting, defense, pitching, but uh, we all know that it's not going to be every day like that. Uh, uh, there's going to be hard, hard days like yesterday and then the first days that, that, that we score runs and, and we lose the game, but uh, uh, we're going to keep going and try to win every game every day. You mentioned
2: yesterday there it was a tough one and it's the quick turnaround, extra innings day game, but the bats came alive early. What message did that send everybody in the dugout?
3: I mean, we're always gonna be ready. Uh, I mean, there's there's some days that the pitcher is gonna be good. Uh, like yesterday, Cis, uh, it was good. He he threw so he threw a, a pretty good game. And uh, just when that happened, you just have to tip it the hat and, and, and just keep going and try to score runs. And that's what we did yesterday. Uh, but unfortunately, we we didn't get a win. But we did today. You did today, thanks in part to your home run.
2: And and you 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 enjoyed it. You looked at it, you admired it. What what, what would the Tay Oscar of five years ago have thought of that uh, celebration?
3: I mean, uh, I I don't think I I will celebrate, uh, (laughs) but I just, you know, try to enjoy every single moment, uh, especially when I I hit home. On to Milwaukee. Thanks, man. Thank you.
0: Off day first, and it wouldn't be a post game without Jamie and Joe joining us in the Tim and Friends studio. Gentlemen, thank you. As always, appreciate you extending your work day to join us and help these people. (laughs) These fine people through a little post game. I, I know it's June 22nd, Jamie, but it kind of sort of felt like the Jays needed this one. Before we start, do you write your own stuff? Is the
4: Muppet Gonzo your favorite? <laughs> Is that something that you come up with yourself? Yeah, that,
0: that's,
4: uh, that's a little old school. I'm purely entertained by this program. <laughs> I, I, so, yeah, I, I, you, I hope your ratings yeah, yeah. do skyrocket. That's <laughs> yes. some great stuff. Um, I don't often get uh, negativity on Twitter sent my way yeah. uh the last couple of yeah, years. you positive been a man, tame. yeah, no, I understand that. But I must say, in the last three days,
0: <laughs> I started have started had to, turn. to field yeah.
4: a fair bit. And uh, I think there's a great deal of frustration out there, understandably, after, in my estimation, the Yankee series. I think right. so many people uh, looked at that series as some kind of a measuring stick, and I tried to warn people, the Yankees have already measured up long before they even arrived in Toronto on Friday. And now they go into Chicago and average over seven runs per game and win one game. So it's understandable that there's, there's some uh, frustration. Uh, I would say this is part of the roller coaster of any season. They are still in a uh, contending position. It's yeah. getting First a little car, interesting. Right? <laughs> I told Joe just yesterday, I said, you know, I never look at standings. I never take them seriously in June, but I took a peek the other day and realized the Blue Jays aren't nearly as secure as we sense that they are. Yeah. And uh, there's an understandable uh, vibe out there that, that has some panic woven into it, so maybe <laughs> it, it, it really is understandable.
0: Yeah, I did the same thing. I mean, when you saw it going into today's game, it was like one game separating basically – the three wildcard teams from the fourth wildcard team. So you understand why people are starting to get nervous, but that that especially early on, Joe, that's the kind of tonic that you need.
5: Well, it, it's expected, but I think the the expectations of the Blue Jays have changed greatly over the years, too, And
0: be, because now it's playoffs
5: or bust. I mean, this team has to get to the postseason. Mm-hmm. You know, last year is a bonus if you get there and came up one game short and the pandemic shortened season was a bit of a surprise. So if you backtrack like that. There are no surprises anymore. This team has to get to the postseason or it's going to be a complete failure. And uh, not only just get to the postseason, but I think most fans and the Blue Jays themselves going into this year Mm -hmm. were expecting a deep run in October. So with those expectations come a lot of expecting wins, expecting winning series, uh, even when the Yankees come to town. And uh, I do think that's a bit of an exception because what the Yankees have been doing this season, we knew when they came in what they're made of this year. And it, it is only June. A lot can change. They may incur more injuries than they have they, right. they haven't been bitten too badly by the injury bug, but there's still a lot of
0: baseball right. to be played I don't know why it's always my wife who tells me expectations lead to disappointments but it I, <laughs> never mind uh, I did write this one Jamie Ross stripling MVP maybe not most valuable player but how about most versatile pitcher agreed like unbelievable what and, he's
4: been able to do and you know how that translates on the free agent market is something we'll look forward to seeing in uh, November um, but This is a man who plays a hugely important role for this team. Once a swing man, I would say now a solid member of this rotation. Unless there are changes at the deadline, unless this team for some reason goes out and adds a couple of starting pitchers uh, or promotes one from the minor league system, uh, Ross Stripling, in my estimation, is now fully entrenched in this rotation for the rest of the year. And based on the performance today, I think um,
5: I think you can probably rest easy with that, Joe. I think, Tim, I'm going to go a step further and use your versatile word, but I am going to use the word valuable, and I have used it because he is, as a manager and a pitching coach, to be able to do what he did as a long man out of the bullpen. I mean, it's a dream to have a guy down there like that. When your starters struggle, you know he can come in and give you some length to save your bullpen. Now he fills in the rotation for Ryu, and he's been excellent. He had that little hiccup against the Yankees, but I always I felt, too, with that game that he didn't pitch that badly against the Yankees, I didn't think. It's just a really, well, it's a really good offense, too. Mm-hmm. And he is a back end guy. He's a swing guy, back of the rotation guy. That can happen. But then he's right back on track today, which is a good sign. So I think you know who Ross Stripling is, and uh, you know, don't joke about the contract here. Yeah. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. I mean, yeah. This guy, heck yeah, he's waiting for this year to end and see where it takes him. Yeah, you
0: heard Dan and Tabby talking during the game. Maybe you try and get him signed right good now. Luck. Yeah, good I don't luck. know if the agent is listening to that. Just give us a few months here, and then we'll hear what you have to say. All right, so it's not all good. Obviously, again, uh, the bullpen gets a little bit shaky in the end. Jamie, give me one to ten. Rate rate your bullpen worries right now. Ooh, uh, I don't worry much about uh, how
4: a team that I don't play for performs. (laughs) Um, I would say that uh, tomorrow's off day couldn't have come at a better time because... Prior to the start by Barrios on Monday, or if you include that start, Barrios went four innings on Monday in the opener against the White Sox, so that meant one time through the rotation, the longest outing they had in that time was a five and a third for Manoa against the Yankees. So, you're going to wear out these arms, and yes, you're going to have the shuttle between Buffalo and Toronto when necessary. Casey Lawrence comes up, Casey Lawrence comes down, that's understandable too. but. These kind of arms utilized at the pace that they are utilized, regardless of velocity and location and effectiveness, is going to change if they're overused. And so many people look at that Yankee bullpen and say, well, look at what they have. Well that is true, but they've got starters consistently going six, seven, sometimes eight innings if your name is Garrett Cole or Nestor Cortez. So those are a lot of fresh arms coming out of the bullpen. I think what you're seeing here is mid-season wear based on the fact that the rotation hasn't been going as deep as we saw them in the early part of the year.
5: And I believe your lineup is going to be as good as your big boys at the top half are. And I think your pitching staff is going to be as good as the top big boys in the rotation. And that's Manoa, Barrios, and Gossam. Those three have to be really good. At the end of this season, you need to see some pretty good numbers. And then you're hoping with what Stripling is doing, he can contribute enough to be a back-end guy. And you have to hope I guess is the word now. Hope's not a good strategy, but that Kikuchi right. can turn things around and be that fifth starter. But when you ask about the level of concern for the bullpen, uh, I think it's very high. I think it's on red alert because there aren't too many dominating arms down there that really scare me. For you you know, Richard's had his troubles, he's on the injured list. We've seen Simber's struggles now. And these are two guys that came in last year and kind of saved the bullpen. Right. So here we are a year later and they're scuffling. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of fear striking into hitters. I'm not sure. Facing a Phelps or then when a Thornton comes in. And, you know, you get to the back end. Garcia's really good, it seems, when he's got some rest. That's when you see the velo kick up and all. maybe a little more swing and miss. Romano's Romano. Yeah, they're going to need not just a couple of arms. They're going to need a couple
0: of high leverage arms. Yeah, I'm not sure I had Trent Thornton saving the day in the eighth inning on the old (laughs) bingo card here. But that's where we ended up.
4: Well, this is part of that frustration we talked about at the outset among people who watch this team is that they see a team like, say, the Baltimore Orioles send out a guy no one had ever heard of before, Bautista, who's throwing 100, 100 miles yeah. an hour, and he was just some guy that they picked up somewhere. I don't I, I don't know what his uh, his trajectory of development was like with the Orioles, but they don't see those arms, except for Jordan Romano and sometimes Jimmy Garcia, if he's fresh, in that Blue Jay bullpen. They don't see a lot of swing and miss based on velocity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the concerning aspect because you're seeing other teams bring in cannon after cannon after cannon.
5: I uh, was joking after the Yankees and Orioles series thing, the Blue Jays hitters are saying,
0: where are our guys? We're
5: facing 98 <laughs> yeah. all the time. Where's the 98 <laughs> we're throwing
0: out there. Uh, one of the things that we do differently on Tim and Friends is we try and get you involved. If you're just watching the Jays and you've stumbled onto this bald, fat head, what we try and do is get you involved at Tim and Friends. Jesse Rubinov is our digital producer, and Jesse, I know we sent out an engager during that game, and I think it had a lot to do with what these guys were just saying, didn't it? That's
6: exactly right. They are preaching to the choir of the Blue (laughs) Jays fan base. Uh, We asked, what is the biggest need for the Blue Jays right now, and why? And a lot of bullpen answers. Robin says, Bullpen arms need a couple relief pitchers that can throw 99 mile an hour missiles and get three outs real quick. not really reasonable (laughs) to need the (laughs) offense to have nine plus runs every game to secure and keep a lead. Got to be able to keep a lead when it's two runs as well, like yesterday.
0: they They are what? 17 and 10 in one run games? I believe that's the
6: Record, rest. That's yeah. not bad. Right off the dome team, terrible.
4: Right off the bottom. Of the yeah, in. it was almost a <laughs> one. <that> <laughs> yeah.
6: Yeah. Uh Nick writes in and says, Bullpen, 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 yeah. strikeouts, strikeouts, strikeouts as well. Uh, Mario writes in and says, Let the starters throw. It's ridiculous how we give it to the pen so quickly when a guy is cruising. And I know that's something that Blue Jays fans have started to pick up on. Not necessarily today. Not just today. Some people felt Ross Stripling was maybe taken out a little bit too early today. i was seeing that floating around on the socials.
0: Can we, we, the hasn't been stretched out thing, is 87 pitches enough for you?
5: Could he give it another? Sure, he was right about what he had reached, I think, Mm -hmm. earlier this year. But, of course, that That was was a while back. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't have a problem with him coming out today. My gosh, you've got to protect him now. The last thing you need is for him to go down. But remember, he also had a uh, a what
4: a, a, an eight or a seven-run lead when he came out of the ballgame. Yeah. So one would think
0: there would be should some be arms cover available it. that could <laughs> cover yeah, that, right? He should be able to get out of that, yeah. Any more you got there, any Yeah,
6: uh, Trace writes in and says, at least two relievers and one starter-slash-long guy. I mean, the common thread within all of this is most people agree that the bullpen is the biggest clearing concern at the moment. Plus, some starting pitching would be helpful.
0: Ben Nicholson-Smith is going to join us in our next segment, so hopefully everyone can stick around, and we will discuss that because he and Shai Davidi just wrote a wonderful column on sportsnet.ca about the deadline and maybe some of the names that will be available. Before I let both of you go, have you ever seen a coach get thrown out while handing out lineups? Because that Guillermo Martinez getting tossed before this game even started, was scrumtralescent from a, a lay Prices. person over here. Priceless.
4: Haven't seen it before. Thank goodness the cameras caught it. It was clearly something that was planned well ahead of time. And the beef after watching Doug Eddings' performance he's, last night he's was... He's getting right in his face right there. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> worthwhile. It was then fun seeing Charlie come out there. And
0: Eddings and Montoya were So do you guys think right that that Martina says, Charlie, can I go out for this one? (laughs) How how, how does the conversation go? You know, that's a great question, Tim. When you
5: asked, I I believe it was in the minor leagues when I had a manager, Mike Quaddy, and he could lose it with the best of them. But I think he did it and got tossed in ground rules one day based on what happened the day before. So it's very similar. But we were in the studio this morning, and we just saw Charlie out there. And I thought, he's having quite a conversation Mm -hmm. with Doug Eddings right now. But we had just missed what had happened on camera there with Guillermo. And I think when he goes out there, it, it, it's his way. Now, who orchestrated Really good question. Was it the manager? <laughs> was it the hitting coach? Was it assistant hitting Let coach? Let me take this one. Or was it the players? Yeah. But I loved it. I thought it was yeah. fantastic. If, if we want entertainment in this game, <laughs> is that any good? I mean, we, we all want this. Robotic strike zone, we're going to lose all that argument. I think this is fantastic entertainment. Did you notice there were no concerns whatsoever from either team, as
4: far as I could tell, with respect to the strike zone today? today. He, was yeah. really Moscoso, today. he was really who, good today. Moscoso, you know, few people have ever heard of, isn't there to, to, to generate
5: look at me. I'd like to do the plate after Doug Eddings, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for, for those who missed it, the umpire's scorecard on Doug Eddings, uh, if you go down to called strike accuracy, on the called strike accuracy, umpire auditor said new season high, Doug Eddings missed 29 calls in the Blue Jays and White
5: Sox. Tim, can I date myself real quick? 1990, Florida State League. I'm playing for the West Palm Beach Expos. Felipe Lewis, my manager. Doug Eddings was an umpire in the Florida State League, and he wasn't very good back then. But you (laughs) don't think automated strike zones will help? Do I think work. they'll? Well, well, they'll help because they'll get the calls right. But I like the entertainment factor. I don't have a problem. I mean, it was awful last night, <laughs> but I can live with that. I just, I still think it's a part of the game that I don't mind at all, and uh, I'm probably going to miss it when we go to the Robo
6: Content. Well, I like for catchers. <laughs> I like, God, I mean, this, this was fun. I robot. like for
5: catchers <laughs> receiving to matter. I think it's a tremendous skill in the game that makes some better than others. Even though I'm not a big fan of the way a lot of catchers receive these days, but I,
4: I like the human element too. I must yeah. say.
5: I must say,
4: guys. I like yeah.
0: the human element. Yeah. Uh, I like the human element of you two guys walking down <laughs> here post Jay's game. I like, honest to goodness, appreciate you doing this, both of you. Love it yes, to Tim. see as you as always, uh, Jamie, Joe. You can see them again Friday as the Jays begin a series against the Milwaukee Brewers. Still to come, Ken Reed. In studio for hour number two, Kyle Bucasus and Kelly Rudy ahead of Game Four, of the Stanley Cup Final. But more Jays talk coming up next. Ben Nicholson-Smith drops by, and we will discuss. There's Joe still. We will discuss who the Jays may be looking at trade deadline. It's next right here, Hunter my Friends. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate
7: you.
1: In the left center, that's a base hit. The Lopez throw not in time, and the White Sox win it. A heartbreaker for
4: the Blue Jays.
1: And a swing and a high fly ball to left field. It is gone! Bo Bichette has cleared the bases, and the grand slam makes it 7-0. The 2-2 to Shohei Otani! He has...
5: The night. Yes. Melendez throws it to this fan, so pumped. But he's like, you know what? No, I got to give the baseball to a kid. Later in the game, here you go, Knight. You got two. He's like, you know what? No. Gives it back. She's like, that's so cute.
1: Evidently, there's a little bit of a carryover from last night's game to today's game. Irma Martinez is gone. Blue Jays hoping for a different experience than they had last night. The White Sox will be seeing Alejandro Kirk in their nightmares. And it is 2-0. Blue Jays up 3-0. Really trying to break it open here. And a swing and a high fly ball to left field. It is gone. The Shed has cleared
0: the bases, and the Blue Jays will win it. 9-5, the final Jays' big win this afternoon as they salvage the finale in the south side of Chicago. Here's manager Charlie Montoya game on hitting coach Guillermo Martinez' ejection and his team's response to last night's tough loss.
8: It was obviously a very short day today
9: for Guillermo. Did you guys have a message that you wanted to get off your chest to the Empire? State? No. If I have a message, I go tell them myself. No. Uh, I mean, that's the question for Guillermo. But, I, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to speculate what he said because I'm not sure what he said. But, yeah, no. no, It wasn't any message from, from me or, anybody or the, any of our coaches or anything. How frustrated were, were guys and coaches last night with the way that game went down? I mean, that's part of the game. Yeah. You know, when you... You're the one that loses the game. It's more frustrating, but then then you got to let it go. And we do a good job of that.
0: All right, here to help us break that down and more is Ben Nicholson-Smith from the At The Letters podcast, wherever you get your fine podcasts and Sportsnet.ca. What's going on, Benny? How are you, man? Doing great, guys. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and, and it felt like there were times where Jays fans were sweating in this one. Last night was remarkably frustrating. But today was the fourth straight game where the Jays had scored six or more runs. 19 of their last 27, they have scored six or more runs. Should we really have folks asking us if we could look once again in and around the panic button?
10: Oh offensively they're looking great and yeah. I think we all expected this it just took a long time to get to this point but this offense is top to bottom one of the toughest you'll find in Major League Baseball and that's not a surprise based on what we saw last year but the way Kirk's going he's been the best player on this offense start to finish but you know Teoscar coming around as well Vladdy they really are rounding into form this is a team that can outslug its mistakes and we saw that today. Since
0: May 2-4, Jays lead the majors in runs, average, on-base, and OPS. Now, I know there's a bunch of people out there screaming at me. they got to put it all together. I understand it. And I don't, listen, I, I know that some in this business are prone to hyperbole. I don't believe I'm the hype man. But the Jays just might have two of the best catchers in the league. And I don't even know if I'm adding Danny Jansen or Gabby Moreno to Alejandro Kirk but Kirk another home run two in as many days and Moreno just seems like the most mature eight game veteran I've ever seen.
10: Yeah it's a great way to put it and he's really come into his own in a lot of ways I mean the arm just jumps out at you the speed too. But his contact skills are great. So you see it right there. He's hitting 393. That's incredible results. He looks comfortable. He's putting together good at bats. He's swinging for the most part at pitches that he can hit. And so Moreno has been incredible. I think when you look at this tandem, not only for this year, but for years to come, it's it's great. I mean, it's really ideal. I've never seen three quality major league catchers on the same roster like this. It's, it really is something else. And Jansen, not too far behind from coming back. All right, so let's walk down the
0: Alejandro Kirk uh, road because uh, home home run for the second straight day. Finished two for five. Uh, the slash is now three hundred seven, three ninety five, four eighty seven. I mean, this guy is maybe the best catcher in all of baseball right now.
10: Oh yeah, I mean, when the when the All Star balloting came out yesterday, I was I was surprised that he was where he was. Like just absolutely leaps and bounds ahead of the next closest catcher in the American League but then you look at the numbers and of course it makes sense i mean he has been an incredible offensive performer to this point in the season you look at the batting average you look at the strikeout to walk he is incredibly hard to strike out he's doing incredible things with the power as we're starting to see now and we saw today so it's it's a really well-rounded approach before you even get to the defense. So Kirk is an all-star 100% deserves to be there. And it's it's pretty impressive to see what he's doing. Okay, so I mentioned
0: before the break that both you and Shai Davidi got together and you, uh, you double teamed a column on Sportsnet.ca about what the Jays will do at the August 2nd deadline. And I have to follow up that glut of catching talent with, is there a possibility that they deal one of those three catchers in order to round out what is already a pretty decent team?
10: I do think there's a possibility. Now, it's not gonna be Kirk and it's not gonna be Moreno. So, I mean, if there's the right deal out there for Danny Jansen, I think you would have to think about it. I think you would have to consider that because this team has needs. I mean, we've seen it the last few days, but they are not close to where they need to be from a pitching standpoint. They have so many more games to play. They have so many more leverage innings they need more bullpen help. They could ideally use some rotation help. They're not where they need to be. So if Jansen were to help them get there, even, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is, it's not a guarantee they go down this path, but you know, they've had interest in their outfielders before if they had interest in a Guerriel junior, for instance, do you consider that if it makes your overall team better, Uh, you know, of course, best case for the Jays, the bullpen steps up and, and improves, but we haven't really seen that lately. No, we have not seen that of late since June 15th, second-worst bullpen
0: ERA in all of Major League Baseball, so just over a week. So so let me ask you this. Is the dream scenario for the franchise that Danny Jansen comes back and starts raking immediately? Because it would seem like you would be dealing from a tough spot if it was Danny Jansen because you know there's more there if he can just stay healthy and you can get him A-Bs. But given the way Moreno's played and the way Kirk's playing, that's not going to be easy
10: right i mean all three of these guys need to be playing on a regular basis um especially kirk like i said he's their best hitter so you're not going to take him out of the lineup very often moreno too you know he needs to be in the lineup on a regular basis just for his development and he's helping the team so i think there's room to get jansen in there a few times a week and there's enough of a body of work there around major league baseball teams know what danny jansen can do they've seen the pull power they've seen the game management the defense behind the plate They know that he's someone who can really impact a a team and be a number one catcher on a good team. So, you know, I I expect there will be interest there. But again, like, you don't have to move him because there are worse things than just having three good players who can take on the defensive demands of the toughest position on the diamond. All right. Uh, Is this similar
0: to last year when folks were, you know, screaming for bullpen help but the market hadn't developed yet? Like, how hard is it to make a deal right
10: now? Oh, it's tough. Yeah, Yeah. it is. And like they should be trying and they are obviously looking around. They're starting those conversations internally. They're starting those conversations with other teams. So that's happening. But, you know, they they can't force it uh, just because the prices at this time of year typically are extremely high or you're getting a reclamation project. You're getting someone whose ERA is six and you're trying to figure this out with this with this bounce back which is fine and there's a case to be made for doing that right now but you know the impact guys like if David Bednar is moved or Joe Mantiply or David Robertson if those guys are moved then the price now is going to be extremely high because it would mean taking those guys off the market for July when things really heat up.
0: Uh, Things are heating up right now though you look at the wild card and there are four teams three spots and they're separated by one and a half games so it feels like uh, the Boston Red Sox playing a lot better. The twins playing some baseball. Uh, this could get real interesting real quick, especially when it comes to the trade market. Ben Nicholson-Smith, we always appreciate you dropping by. Thanks for doing this postgame.
10: Anytime. Thanks, Tim.
0: Uh, you can check out his and Shai David's work, sportsnet.ca. Or or how about this, Jesse Rubinoff? When we're done with the engagement with our audience, mm-hmm. we'll tweet it out so people can leaf
6: through Love that. what Ben and Shai Put out there when it comes to the trade. That was excellent. Trade deadline. very in depth. Oh. Like well, all the names that you could possibly imagine. Just very educational for the fans.
0: I would start rifling them off, but it would take a while because it was that That's right. in depth. That's exactly all right, right. Let me
6: know what the people are saying. Uh, okay, so um, <laughs> I I was gonna read the the screen name here, but I'm just I'm not I'm not going to because he told me yesterday not to do that anymore. Uh, at what point do you guys discuss Montoyo's coaching? It's getting a little old that it never gets brought up. You'll discuss any other team in any other sports manager, there are clear reasons to do so. That is from um, I guess I'll just say it, just some dope. I can't is I can't there, find I can't find like a Dan in, in the actual Roth. At name. Roth.
0: No, that's that's uh, so just yeah. some dope who wrote in. That's, right. that's uh, right. listen, the Charlie Montoyo thing is real interesting because I, I do trend towards Charlie's job. Is less and less about what he does in game, mm-hmm. and more and more about managing their young players, especially through the last few years. But now that they are at home, and the COVID situation isn't as bad, we can now kind of like even today. I was wondering why Trent Thornton came out for Tim. He
6: did mention that yeah. Yeah.
0: in studio. We were talking about it. So that's a that's a fair comment. And I think over the last little while, a lot of people just wanted to rip on Charlie, and I was here to defend him because I thought the team had performed as well as you could possibly imagine over the last couple of years, but now I think it's fair to put the focus on him a little bit.
6: Yeah. Uh, Let's get to a couple more quickly before we got to go to break. Um, Another one writes in and says, uh, we need better umpiring, which is uh, good after last night. Well done. (laughs) Uh, Greg writes, and I thought this was an excellent point. Uh, let's get bullpen arms from where and at what cost. There are 17 teams around in the playoffs are close enough to buy. A third of the rest likely think they can be close to next year. Uh, close next year. Do the math. That's eight sellers. Prices are going to be high. And that is the point exactly that Ben yeah. just made. It's going to be expensive to get help. The 100-mile-an-hour the guys aren't just floating out there. It, it might be worth it, though. Yeah. With this team at this time – it might be worth it. And as you'll see in the article, there's still some farm system prospects that the Jays can use as leverage. All right, time for
0: a break. More Jays postgame on the way. It's also been a wild Stanley Cup final so far, setting up a massive game four in Tampa tonight. Can the Lightning even the series on home ice? And are they healthy enough to do that? Ken Reed in studio for the hour plus visits from Sean Reynolds, Kyle Bukowskis, and Kelly Rudy in Tampa. All on the way, Tim and Friends rolls on from baseball to hockey and more. We got you covered. Hey, 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 hey. Tim and Friends, stop for
2: Tim and Friends, Tim and Friends. Tim and Friends, stop for Tim and
0: Friends, Tim and Friends. And now, time for real sports talk with Tim McAuliffe and Friends of the Show. Thank you very much. Sheepdogs back here for hour number two on Tim and Friends. Full hour everywhere, which includes Ken Reed in studio for the whole damn thing. Plus, visits to Tampa. Kyle Bucasas, Kelly Rudy, both in town, along with Sean Reynolds. Game four, Stanley Cup final coming your way in a couple hours right here on Sportsnet. But first, Jason Matinee action against Chicago today, trying to salvage the final game of the three-game series. We pick it up, already 1-0 Toronto on the top of the third. The red-hot Alejandro Kirk make it white-hot versus the White Sox. Fourth home run against the Pale Hose this season and the Jays lead it 2-0. Meanwhile, Ross Stripling on the bump trying to quell the uprising that has been some tough starting pitching. He was good, he had 5Ks on the day. And like many of us, he got by with a little help from his friends. How about that double play? Double play. Started by Matt Chapman. San Diego Espinal turns it, stripling allows just one run over six innings, season-high 87 pitches, and in the top of the fourth he gets more offense. Bases loaded for Beau Bichette, and son of a Bichette, that's a grand salami. Second of the season, 7 0. Toronto, and you don't stop. Teoscar Hernandez, number seven. Toronto's third home run of the ball game. They would hang on for the 9 5 victory. The bullpen got a little shaky. Stripling with some props for his defense post game.
5: Chapman came up to me before the game we we're in the weight room and he just looked at me he said feed me today and I feel like that's what I did I mean he made like a play in any kind of the more the same filling up the strike zone with any pitch at any time trusting the defense behind me they keep making great plays and um, you know needed a big win there so able to do my job and and give us a chance to win a ball game we're able to
9: you know seal it and feel good going into Milwaukee his pitches have been down because people make contact and you know if you don't make contact, it's gonna throw strikes and that's he has been doing that uh, the whole time. And the six innings that he did today was huge, as you guys know, because our bullpen was thin. Very big, a pivotal game for on the Stanley Cup final, which
0: is just as big as him, if not bigger. Tonight, Tampa Aves trying to take a 3-1 series lead with a lightning. Do the math, they try and even things up. Lots of lineup questions heading into game four. Darcy Kemper was in the starter's net at the mornings gate. Jared Bednar, cheeky, when asked if he was a starter earlier today, saying possibly. Plenty of other news from the Morning Skate as well. Here's Sean Reynolds with the latest from Tampa.
8: Yeah, Tim, you'd think after their 6-2 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final, the Colorado Avalanche could use a boost, and they're getting that or are they the debate rages on whether nazem Kadri is going to check into this series for the first time and there's a lot of information to get through so let's get through it to start qadri skated this morning with his teammates and he practiced on the secondary power play unit that would usually be a telltale sign he's coming into the game however he was covering valerie Nichushkin on that unit because Nichushkin was practicing with the first power play unit Follow along here. Nechushkin was on that unit because Gabe Landeskog took a maintenance morning, so he was covering for him. But one last thing we need to take a look at. Nicholas Obey bell stayed out late for extra work, which usually means he's coming out of the lineup making space for Kadri. Head coach Jared Bednar, he was no help, saying simply Kadri is getting better with every day. One thing is for certain, if and when Kadri checks into the lineup, he would be a big boost for this Colorado team
9: it's nice to see guys at this point of the year guys are battling you know most of the guys have a little something going on and and uh, you don't want to miss these games, so guys are rushing back from injuries and doing everything they can to help the team and and uh, nas is not a you know he's a big big time player for us so so it's it's nice to see him uh, back on the ice and uh, working working again.
8: As for the Lightning, head coach John Cooper a little more transparent with his lineup, saying he expects the same lineup as he had in Game 3. That means it looks like the Lightning have dodged a bullet with Nikita Kucherov's injury, but it also means Braden Point will not be in the lineup, although Cooper expects him to check in before the series is over. Tim.
0: Thank you very much, Sean. More developments as the Hockey Canada Inquiry continued today in Ottawa. First, the federal government is freezing funding to Hockey Canada until the organization signs up with a new federal agency that has the power to independently receive and investigate abuse complaints and issue sanctions for inappropriate behavior. Then, a motion was put forward and immediately carried in the House for an independent investigation of Hockey Canada management based on what happened in June of 2018. The investigation will attempt to, quote, figure out if this was an isolated event or if there are shortcomings in the way that Hockey Canada handles reported complaints of sexual abuse, sexual harassment, and other types of misconduct. Here's Pascal Saint-Ange on the Minister of Sport in Canada.
7: Well, in the short term, uh, Hockey Canada needs to comply with two uh, very realistic conditions to receive uh, federal funding again. The first one is to s- uh, send the report by their third party investigation, even though they say that the, the report is partial, that it's not complete, uh, but to send it to Sport Canada so we can uh, see what the recommendations of that firm is are and uh, what is their plan to uh, apply them across their organization to change the culture because that's what we want to see, a culture change in the culture and also a better management of these situations. The second thing is uh, that they need to sign up with the new uh, office for the uh, Sport Integrity Commissioner uh, and work closely with them to address all the cases that they might have and make sure that the toxic culture and the culture of silence ends
11: is there
7: a deadline for these uh, to Well, it's to me they're really realistic and if they want federal funding they need to comply.
0: And hopefully every national sport organization is listening to that. A day after making Jay Woodcroft's new three-year contract official, Oilers GM Ken Holland and the head coach met with the media today. Message was clear. Woodcroft right man to help the Oilers build on this season's success and take the next step.
4: It's a great day for uh, for the Oiters. Uh, Jay did an incredible job uh, when once he took over and leading our team uh, into the playoffs. I think we were six or seven points out of a playoff spot, and we played at a, a high level uh, the last half of the season and obviously um, got us to the final four. So uh, thrilled that uh, we were able to uh, find a solution to... Uh, to bring Jay in, look forward to working with Jay here over the next three years to continue to build on what uh, what we accomplished last year. I'm going to
0: say what I would say after a win. I'm going to enjoy this for about the next ten minutes or so, and then uh, and then move on for our preparations for
11: for uh next season um but no i i it's a big in all seriousness it's a it's a big day for um, my family um as i said i've used the word uh, privileged i feel privileged uh for this
0: opportunity um and uh, i'm committed to making good on it uh, because i think it's a huge responsibility of head coaches according to several reports Florida Panthers are hiring Paul Maurice as their new head coach he replaces interim man Andrew Brunette, who was a Jack Adams finalist but is out after being swept by the lightning in round two to the playoffs Maurice is seventh all-time in NHL games coach and stepped away from the Jets last season after four and a half seasons saying that they needed a new voice uh, excuse me the Panthers won the president's trophy last season but faced some tough cap and roster decisions this offseason all right massive news that we got to get in here from the world aquatic championships 15 year old canadian summer mcintosh took gold today in the 200 meter butterfly set a world junior record with a time of just under two minutes and six seconds toronto native won a silver earlier in the words worlds after two fourth place finishes in last summer's Tokyo Games, she also got a bronze with her team, including Penny Oleksiak, in the 4x200 freestyle relay. Meantime, Kelly, uh, Kylie Moss took home gold in the 50 meter backstroke on the men's side. Josh Lando won bronze in the men's 100 meter freestyle. I was chuckling in the midst of all that because. All that hardware talk for Sir right. Ken Reed Forget to it. get up from the desk and go get the trophy that I don't know if you remember this, Kenny. Yes. Had been outlawed. Outlawed? From this You accepted a deal with me to have that desk find its rightful place, or excuse me, that trophy find its rightful place nowhere near this desk. Was that deal in writing? Deal was not in writing. It was the old school man. Handshake. Well, I've never been accused of being a man, so <laughs> tough luck for you. <laughs> uh, Ken Reed, back in studio. Been a while, buddy.
12: Been four, four weeks.
0: Been four weeks, buddy. safe so, nice so long that you forgot that that thing's not supposed to be on the desk. Anymore. Statute of
12: limitations. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, it's been four weeks. It's been a long time, but I just met Gus, the hairstylist. He gave me a new cut. It's oh, looking nice. good. Yeah, yeah look, that. Look, that. Good. look at that. I got, good. I got two coffees in me, so I've got the coffee sweats going. Oh, nice. I'm not stuck in Toronto traffic, which is awesome. Memo to all you folks out there who don't live in Toronto, you're lucky. Yep. It's a mess. And the Blue Jays won. So as a completely non-objective observer of the Blue Jays, I'm cool with that. Hmm. Yeah. I'm
0: uh, just rifling through my emails. I don't seem to have the email about Gus. Being here. I, <laughs> I, think he, I, think, I get that email? I think he does beard trims as well. <laughs> oh, so. yeah, that, yeah, Maybe you can work in there. <laughs> you so might be lucky. I, I know like we missed you for a while. I heard that you might have even been working like four days a week.
12: No, no. That's not, yeah, Well, yeah, depending yeah. on like. The week. The week. Yeah. yeah uh, every night that there's a playoff game. Yeah. So my, my sleep pattern's a little messy. A, a hockey game. A hockey game, yes. Yeah. Stanley Cup playoff hockey game. Mm-hmm. My sleep pattern's a little messy. So, but, and by the way, if the, if the, uh, the league wants us to wager on games, you've got to tell me who the starting goalie is, and you have to tell me if Nazem Kadri can go. Come on, let's, let's you know, and I love the game within the game. I love not giving up your lineup, yeah. but we've got to move on. And- I, I, do, I do hear this often, and Elliot Friedman
0: uh, oftentimes says this about the gambling, and I get that there are gamblers who believe in it, but there's also value there. If you think yeah, they're going go, to go, it. if it, the line can't completely be set, but it's out there, and if you think that you saw a video of Nazim Kadri that makes it look like he's going to go, you might get but some value he, in wagering on the abs. You like, know how there's hard two sides have to, to look that for that?
12: I want things to be set up for me. But By
0: every, the way, every, every, everyone wants everything very easy. But all you've got to do, Kenny, is turn on Tim and Friends and we'll take care of you. It looked like Nazim Kadri might play this game. I want to know was, if. I want to know yes or but, no. But if if we tell you yes or no, guess what? The line's going to change, and the Avs won't be minus 113.
12: Uh, the Avs are going to win tonight, I figure. I figure they'll win tonight. Uh, they need some goaltending tonight. They didn't get it the other night. But uh, I-, I hope Kadri's in. He's been fantastic. Would you have gone? It
0: looks like it's going to be Darcy Kemper is going to start. We'll ask Kelly Rudy yeah. a little later on. He's going
12: to join us, as will Kyle Bukoskis, who is now I an internet Kyle sensation. I Kyle can chime in yeah. on the new cut. <laughs> on the new cut, you yeah, are. He's, yeah. he's a professional. That's yeah. like... Going to ask uh, who is Tiger Woods' golf swing coach? There, you Harman? wrote the book. Hank Haney. That's like asking mm-hmm. Hank Haney about your golf swing. Going to ask Wasn't Kyle it about Butch your haircut. Kind of hair hair. You know, was had
6: Birch Harmon was earlier. In yeah, yeah, too. But that's Never going Haney. to
12: ask. That's yeah. going like going to ask Tiger's golf swing. About Foley. Did he work with
0: Tiger Woods he worked too? Worked with Foley Mick after Foley?
12: Yeah, guy, yeah, Mick Foley. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Foley. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I know Kyle. Pardon me, Kelly. Kelly the other night said he'd go back with Kemper. So. But uh, there's a good little storyline there, too, right?
0: Oh, without a doubt. There is, listen, who's in, who's out will play a massive factor in tonight's game, which is why I don't mind if you don't hear about it because
12: a little intrigue here. I I see. That's the other side of the coin. I, I get that argument. But... I mean, the NFL, you know who's going to start in all those games. It's laid out there.
0: And I think that the quarterback and maybe the goaltenders, I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, okay, so you can get away with the category thing. Uh, Jesse Rubinoff, speaking of attempting to predict what the hell is going to go on in this game. Oh, that's so
6: well done. Yeah, nice segue. We have another one of those TF predicts going on? You know the drill. Hashtag TF predict. Guess the correct score of the game tonight. Game four, you could win an I'm a friend hoodie. We gave away... Two hoodies last game because game two was a complete mess. Uh, But this time we're giving away one hoodie for one lucky winner. Guess the final score. Hashtag TF predicted. Dano writes in and says, have you guys considered an I'm a Tim hoodie? For all the bald fellas like myself, <laughs> I feel bad for all of us bald guys with glasses because you're always just
0: compared to some famous guy. Well, what if who's it's you? With a Tim what, what if good. a Tim becomes
12: really like, like Karen? Yeah. Like, Tim is the, Tim is the, Tim is the, is the term for bald dudes <laughs> shaved heads with glasses. Get it yeah. going, kids. Yeah. I'm a Tim. I want to see some pictures. I Tim thought it was, a, was a Howie for a while, but yeah. whatever. No, let's go with I'm a Tim. Let's yeah. get it going. I like it. How right. about that? Was that not the most intense 949? Nine, Five Blue Jays game ever in the oh history. Oh my goodness!
0: Once it started getting like, there were people in and around the newsroom mm-hmm. here that
12: are like, "It's over." I thought it was. Yeah, it's over the other way, yep, even though it was nine three or nine four at the time. One of our viewers actually sent in video of him uh, how he reacted to when the Blue Jays actually closed the game with their bullpen. Do we have it? Do you have it? Do you have I it? I have it. I have okay, it. Okay, put it up. This is pretty good. This is how they reacted when the Blue Jays closed the game with their bullpen. Okay. That doesn't look like the Blue Jays. Watch. No, that's the Blue Jays. Watch. No. And, and they close the game. Watch. Not my friend. Oh, Oh. Dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's Terrell, his big brother's on my son's baseball team, and he does that every time his brother every comes time. up. Awesome. Every yeah. time. That's awesome. That's how what? you should react when your big brother comes to the plate. So. <laughs> <By> the <laughs> He's just good. giving her. The greatest Gone addition so to youth baseball is walk-up songs. Absolutely. I didn't even know they did that. Oh, I that can't so believe so they good. do it. Yeah. There's nine-year-olds coming up. My, my son comes up to Eminem. Nice. And to which my mother goes, I like Eminem. He doesn't curse. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> Mom, you got to you gotta listen to the uh, the non-radio-friendly Yeah. All right, yeah. time for a break. Uh,
0: coming up, we visit with Charles Barkley's favorite new broadcaster. That's right. Kyle Bukoskis will join us from the rink ahead of Game 4. The viral sensation known as Bukoskis next right here on Tim and Friends. We'll get to Kelly Rudy, Ken Reed sticking around. We'll get you to the game,
12: kids. Who's Stan? What does cleaning up my closet mean?
0: It's Tim and Friends. It's a TV show on Sportsnet. And we count down Game 4. Stanley Cup Final right here on the network. One of the big questions heading into tonight's game. Who will start in goal for Colorado after Darcy Kemper was pulled in Game 3? Jared Bednar wouldn't say whether Kemper would start tonight. But all signs point to that being the case. The Avs say they are confident in his ability to bounce back because they kind of sort of have to.
2: I feel like he's done a nice job of that. You know, he's followed up good performances with better performances and he's and he's uh, elevated his game when we've needed him to this year. He's been a guy that we've leaned on all season long.
9: He's been our starter whole year. Uh, we have two good goalies and Darcy's our starter and we, we rally with him all the way. So there's no, uh, I think everybody has a good confidence at this time of the year. And uh, in our team, everybody has a really, like a short memory too you know in the playoffs if you play a game that you wish you not played you get over it right away and similar way if you play a great game you get over it as well uh, quickly so so that's really important in the series like this against a good team
0: Tim McAlef, Kenry, Jesse Rubinoff all in studio and combined nowhere near the viral sensation that is our next guest who joins us from Tampa, the one and only Kyle
13: Bukoskis. What's going on, Kyle? Hold on. Tim, you had the Mr. Perfect moment with the -the over-the-shoulder basketball shot. Hey, completely I completely broke the internet a few years that ago. That was during so the fax
12: machine era, Kyle. That was years ago. <laughs>
13: yeah, and I did not <laughs> pick great.
0: up Charles Barkley on national TV, but we'll get into that a little later on for those who didn't see. Kenny was just complaining, Mr. Bukoskis, about not knowing who's in and who's out. Given the job that you have for Hockey Night in Canada and the NHL on Sportsnet, that must bother you the absolute most.
13: Uh, it's kind of fun, and it's part of the gig. I just, I would love to be in a fly on the wall for Ken and Jared Bednar in a room together, having a discussion <laughs> about that very topic. Jared Bednar would win that fight. As tight-lipped as, <laughs> yeah, he's an imposing man too. Talk about Charles Barkley. Um, I think that there's a very good chance, uh, barring something unforeseen in warm-up, that Nazem Kadri plays here tonight. Right? Like he had the burgundy sweater out for practice. He was out on the second power play unit, taking reps, I mean, usually if you're not going to play, they're not going to bother throwing you in that spot, you know, the morning of a game. That's a good sign. We saw him walk into the building here about half an hour ago, and he had a strut and a look on him that suggested he's going. He didn't even have, um, you know, the cast, the soft cast on uh, on his hand where he had the injury and the subsequent surgery on his, his thumb. It was almost like a bit of a power move going, I'm ready to go, hands good let's play so as i said unless something crazy happens in warm ups that all of a sudden things change, I think Kadri's going to play his very first Stanley Cup final game here tonight. I also do believe Darcy Kemper is, is going to get the start. He was in the visitors net this morning. That's usually a good indication. Went through uh, the usual reps with uh, the Colorado goaltending coach, UC Parkala. So all those things factored in. I suppose Bednar could always pull a fast one, but you know, I believe it, it just makes sense that you go back to the, the number one guy that's that's been your guy all season here because if you make the switch here now, then you're opening yourself up to potentially some you major. Know, major. major problems the rest of the way for this final.
12: See, what I love about, we'll get to the goalies in a second, but what I love about Kadri going into the lineup for the Avs, if he does, and I got a hankering kind of like you, Kyle, I think he will, not only is he one of your best players, but the game within the game, at a time of year when the game within the game means so much, becomes so much better. I mean, he's going to come out there tonight if he's in the lineup, and he is going to get the heel evil wrestler treatment (laughs) from Tampa. It's going to be fantastic. I want him to play just for game within the game.
13: And and Ric Flair is supposed to be here tonight. See, there you so go. So, well, the thing is, though, I just wonder, like, how how comfortable is he with? the hand right it's it's the right hand so it's on the top hand of his stick and as you guys both know that does a lot of work for you not only in shooting and passing but also you know retrieving a pass the vibration that comes up through the stick does that create a problem for him as the game wars on just battling in the corner stick checks you know how does the hand hold up and when we see him start to shoot a little more and more the last couple of days when he's been on the ice I wouldn't say yet he's been firing it at hundred percent effort but is he still effective enough that Jared Bednar can put him in different yeah. spots here in this game? It sounds like the answer is yes, because as we've talked about, all signs point towards him, him playing. I, I would love to see him make an impact because I think, you know, before the injury, had things been going along and he stayed healthy... There would have been a lot of people having the thought of him as a potential cons my trophy winner I and mean, he's been brilliant for Colorado all playoffs until the injury happened. So um, if he can make any impact here tonight, I think there's there's a real good chance that Colorado could go back home up 3-1.
0: Yeah, the part of this is right on the other side of the ice when you saw Braden Point come back and then immediately uh, leave the lineup and not return. So there is a worry with guys, especially in the Stanley Cup Final, wanting to be in the lineup so bad that they come back maybe a little bit before they're ready. Uh, as for Kucherov and Paul, have you seen them skate? Have you seen them walking around? It looks like they're good to go, but how hobbled will they be?
13: Well, I, that's that's the ultimate question, right? Like, we, we won't know for sure. It's just it's interesting. So Nick Paul was out here this morning, and John Cooper did suggest he thinks it's going to be the same lineup. Would would tell us that nikita kucherov is going to play also and he even made the comment yesterday that you know the early indications was the morning after the game a lot more positive than maybe they were feeling you know after game three concluded here at amelie arena and it's been it's been a unique year for for tampa right it's just been a different kind of revolving door in terms of the attrition you mentioned Braden point like that's the major injury no doubt but we've seen from series. After series, it's been a revolving door of guys. Whether it's shot blocks, Um, there's been a lot of tweeners, as as John Cooper put it, right. The injuries that if it was the regular season, they'd be sitting out for a little while. But because we're here in the Stanley Cup Final, they're doing everything they can to gut it out and make sure that they can stay in the lineup, right. And as Cooper was talking about, Tampa's kind of defended their way here a lot more than in years past. And when you play that style, as he said, getting in the way of uh, shots, uh, sacrificing your body more than uh, other teams typically would at this time of year it's been remarkable to watch but with that does come the attrition so if they had another series to play after this one um, it would be real tough to keep the lineup together but it seems like right now at least they've got enough guys healthy to at least give them a shot to even things up tonight
12: Okay, buddy, so everybody's talking about that Charles Barkley interview you had during game three. That wasn't my favorite interview around game three for you. I hope you're not offended, but my favorite interview you had was right after game three. It was with Nick Paul. How psyched were you in that post game interview, seconds after he came on the ice, off the ice, when he said to you, Tampa got pucks indeed?
13: <laughs> <laughs> I thought of you right away, Ken. You know that. So um, it's just been, you know, myself living in Ottawa, covering the centers for a number of years. I mean, it's great to see Nick Paul play the role that he's played for Tampa since coming over at the trade deadline. And, Ken, I have to tell you, so we don't get you know, the feet of your show down here in, in Tampa, but I do have some pretty darn good sources within yeah. the control room up there at OMP. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, the new haircut, Kenny, um,
12: if the late, <laughs> great Ed Whalen was around, he'd be saying to you, you're looking good, kid." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Getting a comment on compliments on hair from you, that's like getting comments from Ric Flair on being styling and profiling. How do you get an interview with Ric Flair tonight, buddy? You got to pull it off right
13: right well we'd like to you know at least show him here in the building here tonight but I I understand he may be a little more tougher get than than (laughs) Sir Charles Barkley so we'll see
0: Uh, for those who haven't seen the Charles Barkley it went viral Uh, it was written about in The Athletic I want to play it one more time if you're not sick of it already Bukowskis just for those who may not have seen it already but uh, this is Kyle Bukowskis and Charles Barkley live in game three
13: sir Charles Barkley. So, Charles, great to speak with you. What do you think of uh, Cooper and company through two periods here so far? Well, they're playing fantastic. I got to say a couple <laughs> things.
1: Number one, your hair is freaking awesome. Charles, <laughs> well said. Appreciate the time. Hey, you're a, a good-looking man, too. You're good like else. the Canadian
13: uh, Tom Brady to me. Oh
0: <laughs> well, that's
13: maybe the biggest compliment I've
0: ever received. <laughs> so so what happens to Kyle Bukaskas after that? after that interview goes live?
13: Well, I I don't know if I was buzzing because I still had, you know, the game to worry about, but my phone certainly was. So it was just (laughs) it was a neat moment, right? Like you got Charles Barkley, who's one of, if not the biggest, TV personalities in the sports world right now. I mean, it was wonderful to to get to meet him and, and interview him. He was so kind and welcoming, and even though he's an imposing figure, I, like did everything to make me feel comfortable in trying to interview him there for a couple of minutes uh, two nights ago. So that was a, that was a career highlight. Uh, forever grateful to have the chance to do that. Uh, and he's been. Uh, the word is he's been hanging around here, Tampa, the last few days. He's been spotted at a couple different uh, hot spots around the, oh, the nice. city. So I think he's been, you know, the the people's champion, if you will. Uh, everywhere he goes, which isn't a surprise.
12: you got to get Flair next, buddy. you got to get Ric Flair. Come on.
13: <laughs> I don't know if he Let's wants Ric it. Flair. Let's do it. Oh, you I, want Ric Flair. I think you
0: could go viral for the wrong reasons if you get <laughs> Ric Flair on TV. <laughs> uh, you Kyle, if, if you do, we will be watching. Thanks, buddy. Always appreciate you dropping in, giving us a little info and a couple laughs along the way.
13: Okay, great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Next time, Ken!
0: <laughs> Kyle like, loves Ed Whalen as much as I do. Uh, Kyle's the best. Kyle is. Kyle is the best. And, yeah. and it's great to see, you know, when, when he first started showing up. I don't know if you know this, but when, when he first joined up here at Sportsnet, he sat in on a week of Tim and Sid on the radio. Okay. And I was just
12: like, who the hell is this kid with his hair? First and day, that hair has first graduated day was, from me yeah. saying, holy crap. To Charles Barkley. Family. So we always right. talk about Kyle as this young guy. First day he was here it would have been 10 years ago, maybe. Something like that. He's, yeah. There's a kid in the newsroom in a suit. And I went up and I'm like, I'm going to meet this kid. And it was Kyle. And he had it from the start. And he's still rocking it. He's, mm-hmm. he's like, he, he is what, he's kind of what we all want to be, especially <laughs> on the hair side. You know? there's, a, there's, a, there's a story
0: behind it, too. And I know we're late here and Kelly Ruby's coming up. But I think his friend sent in his tape. Really? Yeah. And the president then of Sportsnet, Scott Moore, yeah. called him and he thought it was a prank. Really? Because his friends sent in the tape Mm -hmm. so young.
12: You know, when I was Kyle's age and I sent in my tape, Scott Moore didn't return my calls. When I was (laughs) Kyle's age, never mind. I won't tell you what I was
0: doing (laughs) when I was Kyle's age. Uh, Time for a break. When we come back, and it was worse than what you were doing at Maine, I'll tell you that much. Kelly Rudy will join us. Give his thoughts ahead of game number four. Would he go to Fransos, or would he stick with Kemper? We'll
12: discuss that with the goaltender. Kelly Rudy next. Another Ed Whalen fan, Kelly Rudy.
0: Who is it, though? Welcome back to Tim and Friends as we continue to get you set for game four in Tampa tonight right here on Sportsnet. Lightning become looking to become the first team in NHL history to overcome 2-0 deficits in consecutive playoff series. And John Cooper says he's been impressed by his team's resiliency. Only won two straight cups, so he should be.
11: This group's had a really impressive run of just turning the page on on whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, They're looking about what's in front of us, and the challenge is a team that is probably gonna come out pretty determined, and uh, no different than any other team we've played. Um, Yes, we bought ourselves another game in this series, we have, but um, we need to continue to buy more, and and that'll be by being more determined than even we were in game three.
0: Once again, Tim McAuliffe, Kenry, Jesse Rubinoff in studio. Is Ed Whalen here too? Because our our next guest. Ed's always with me (laughs) in spirit. (laughs) Ed's always with you in spirit. Uh, Our next guest may know the voice of Ed Whalen too. It is Kelly Rudy who joins us
11: from Tampa. What's going on, Kelly? How are you, bud? I'm doing well, Tim and Ken. So, by the way, early on in my career when I was playing for the Islanders and Uh, we had the VHS tapes, right? And so I would usually tape the games or my mom and dad would tape the games, right? And in the summer, I would go back and play some of the games and try and watch what I was doing. But there was always a special game when Ed Whalen was calling it for the Calgary Flames, and it was like, "Oh wow, that's pretty cool." Ed even knows my name, and he can pronounce my name properly. And you knew you were on the big stage when Ed Whalen was calling your games.
12: Outstanding. You want me to do it, don't you? They're looking at me right <laughs> I was, now. I
11: was you up for it. Right okay, off the let's top. do it.
12: The Islanders <laughs> in town. I take on the Flames face off.
1: behind the play. We got a fight. It's Poplinski and Gillies, and then and then Gary Dornhoffer chimes in. Gary
12: Dornhoffer chimes in. It's Trocheck.
1: Troche and Gillies and. I, 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 no, no. Trotty, <laughs> Poblitski. Save, Rudy.
11: There weren't a lot of saves back then, my friend, Ken.
12: <laughs> oh, wait, that's Billy Smith. Smith and Rode. Yeah.
11: <laughs> I was already pulled. <laughs> Get out of here, Rudy.
12: All right.
0: Speaking of pulled, Kemper was pulled in game three. Uh, is it, it sounds like he's going back between the pipes for the Avs. Do you agree with the call to go back to him here in game four?
11: Uh, I didn't even doubt it for a minute uh, knowing that Kemper he's our guy he's our number one guy Uh, Fransos has done a nice job by the way in his uh, relief uh, last game but I just think Kemper this is such a big game for him this is what I would call a statement game Tim and Ken because he Mm -hmm. has to be excellent and it doesn't matter about who's at the other end. You you look at the numbers and clearly they favor Francois but this has nothing to do with Vasilevsky at the other end when I say a statement game. This is a game in which Kemper has to earn the trust again of his teammates, the organization. Not that he, he has really faltered badly, like he didn't give up a lot of bad goals. Maybe the first one was a little bit fluky by Sorelli. But having said that, I thought his body language dipped. And that was the big thing for me. It wasn't the amount of goals. He didn't make one big save after giving up the first one. And that was the thing that really grabbed my attention more than any other thing.
12: If you're Kemper, How would you have wanted Bednar to handle that? Right after game three, he says, you go next. Or how did you think Bednar handled it on the other side? Does he wait a day? Does he wait a couple hours?
11: Well, Bednar has been pretty coy anyway. So, Mm. you know, I think it just goes hand in hand with how he he talks about uh, lineup changes and goaltenders and so on. So I wouldn't expect him to change, although it wouldn't be a bad thing for Kemper's confidence if uh, Bednar would have uh, early on said, Kemper's our guy and he's going to be just great in game four.
0: I love the fact that John Cooper left Vasilevsky in there for all seven and he bounced. I I wonder like as I'm watching that game I'm thinking man when do they pull Vasilevsky but they've walked that road before haven't they.
11: Okay so. There's no right or wrong answer here, but uh, I would have preferred in my day to play. I don't care if I'm getting eight goals scored on me, 12, and in junior I had 16, I think, and I wanted to finish the entire game. But the point I'm making about no right or wrong answer, I've asked other NHL goaltenders uh, if they would rather stay in and battle. And I had a number of them tell me, now they're quite a bit younger than I am, so the mindset's a little bit different. No, if it's not going my way, get me out of there and I'll be great next game. So like I said, that's a different approach. But there's uh, no right or wrong answer, and Vasilevsky likes to battle. John Cooper says he likes to keep him in there, and it's not even a question about, hey, do you want to come out? Because he knows what the answer's going to be. <laughs> right. yeah. uh, so we were just talking to Kyle
0: Bukaskis about Nazem Kadri. Sounds like he'll be in the lineup. Also sounds like Kucherov and Paul are in the lineup for Tampa. Does how hobbled yeah. those two yeah. are affect how this series is decided?
11: Yeah, by the way, thanks for having me follow Kyle. Like, that's impossible, <laughs> right? The guy's hair. brilliant. He's like, he yeah, I, well, thank you. It's 61, I'm pretty proud of my yeah, hair that's as well. Not bad. Good. <laughs> but no, you're right, and that's something that uh, I always think about, the, how banged up uh, the uh, Lightning are. Paul, I, I, I mean, that was such a great effort to stay in the lineup. It kind of reminded me of Leon Dreisaitl uh, in the playoffs, yeah. in which we knew that he was banged up, but he found a way to continue to go. Bogosian was hurt as well in the first period. He was able to return Uh, Kucherov that was quite the injury also and and he did leave but it sounds like he's going to be okay I'm not going to say just fine because nobody's just fine at this point Mm -hmm. in the season but uh, we expect that he'll have a terrific game that that hit on by Taves I mean that that to didn't look very good he tried to stay in there but this is a game in which both teams we know they're extremely banged up at this point and you just find a way to get it out of you you sort of drag that competitiveness out of yourself even though you don't feel very good.
12: I love the game within the game I could get into it what Kadri will bring to that but I want to go back to Perry versus Kemper in this series Perry just trying to rattle yeah. Kemper. Uh, what did you think of how Kemper's responded to it or his lack of response to it and what How would you have handled such a thing?
11: Okay, so I said this, uh, I believe, in the second intermission last game. When Perry was taken down and he fell hard into the boards and then he was slow to get up, as he is making his way by the crease, I'm sure Kemper said something. Very dismissive or derogatory towards Perry because that's what we do. And uh, mm-hmm. I know I would have done something. If there is a player that I disliked on the other team and he had some sort of injury and he's slow to get back up into the play, I certainly would have said something. And it appeared as though Kemper did because Perry went after him and gave him a little shot. So I I, I have no problem with all that stuff. I was having a few Pepsis
12: with your old goaltending partner on Long Island that's in the Hall of Fame the other night. What, how would Mr. Billy Smith have responded to <laughs> (laughs)
11: Well, he he wouldn't have said anything. He just would have hacked him pretty good, down by the ankles or in the back of the knee as Perry went in front of him.
12: A five-pound coho.
0: Bang. Bang. Uh, I'm going to bring up a question for both of you guys that I think I know the answer to, but I'm going to ask it anyway. The NBA, listen, we were just talking Charles Barkley. The NBA has decided for their finals they're giving more days off, not just the one day off. They're giving a couple days off, especially on travel days given how much of a war of attrition this has become should the nhl do the same thing kelly or is that part of the lure of what is the stanley
11: cup having to battle through all the injuries even if it means we're losing some of the best players i think it's part of the lore i I think that's one of the things that we greatly admire about our athletes uh, just how difficult this series can be the entire playoffs it's a grind uh people say it's the hardest trophy in pro sports to win for a good reason because of that battle i I, I totally understand why the nba would go down that route but i think that when we look at just how beaten up these guys are and what it takes to play I, i just love that part of it Totally right, Kelly. And for the love of God, it's the
12: 22nd of June. Can we all get together and end this by May 24 so you can drive more Titleist pro bees into the woods?
11: <laughs> thanks for stealing my joke behind the scenes earlier. <laughs> the joke thief of Frank D'Angelo Production.
0: <laughs> Kelly, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it as always. Thanks, buddy. My fl- pleasure, Tim and Ken. Take care, boys. Was, was that actually a Frank D'Angelo movie? Yeah, Joke for, Thief. It was a Frank D'Angelo, D'Angelo? movie. I, I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> Ken Reed starring in Joke Thief by Frank D'Angelo. What a save by Rudy! If it was Frank D'Angelo, you had to be secondary role. You couldn't be the star. <laughs> Feature, uh, featuring. All right. Have you done the Whalen before the way you just did it? Because that was unbelievable. On air?
12: Oh, I do it all the time I on know, air. I mean, the Gillies <laughs> and John Oh, all, all, the all the time. Like, yeah. That's my thing. Johnny Jackson! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with uh, the wrong guys. Oh, yeah. All right, it's
0: time for last call. We are giving away another I Am a Friend hoodie. Please, if you are sending in your predictions, put hashtag TF do predict. It. I saw a couple of guys after the game try and add their TF
12: predict. Didn't like that. it's greasy. Didn't like That's greasy. on that, yeah. the end. That's greasy. Yeah. Yeah. Can't do that. Hey, it. how about did anybody get seven nothing right? No. no, we did a double. That's why we did two yeah. in game three. Yeah. For uh, game four, we got
0: one more hashtag TFPredict. Give us the correct score of the game and we will give away a hoodie.
6: A so earlier in the show uh, alluding to, hashtag TFPredict Dano wrote and said, have you guys considered an I'm a Tim hoodie for all the bald fellas like myself? And uh, breaking news. That's a good one. New drip just dropped. Oh yes. Oh, uh, hey. oh yes. You are the Karen of Bald men yeah. with glasses. So I think this needs, to, this needs to make its way into circulation. It's
12: just a job. Well, that's that. a good sense of humor. That is either a massive head or something else that you are going to get sued. For. <laughs> um, you can you do me. I'm a Ken. Slightly overweight sportscaster. Bag of milk. Body who can't tan. You could do that. Yeah.
0: One of the two. Sure. One of the two's got to catch people on. for a living. One of the two's got to catch up. Who sent that in? Who, who sent in The, the T-shirt? Yeah, it oh, we, was, it was, it we was, had yeah. it done. We it did that. Yep. Yeah,
6: we we're, were quick here. Behind the no, I
0: wasn't sure if someone sent it in. I just wanted
6: to give them credit. No, uh, I actually do quickly have uh, if we have time. Adam uh, Best wrote in uh, a visor. I'm a Tim too, which <laughs> yeah, is yeah. pretty, <laughs> so, yeah. pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. That's fantastic.
12: The worst part about that visor, you'd still get sunburn.
6: It's true. Okay. had sunburn too. Yeah. You want to move on here to uh, last call? Let's do it. Let's begin with Austin Matthews, who was the big winner at the NHL Awards last night, taking home the Hart Trophy and the Ted Lindsay Trophies. Matthews got 119 first-place votes for the Hart, and Connor McDavid was second with 29 first-place votes. Kenny, did you expect the voting to be a wee bit closer?
12: Not really. I think. Kind of, that kind of, you know, boiled down to how I thought it would go. I think like, this is such a great debate, right? We're back to the, okay, he's the heart trophy winner, but is he the best player in the world? The whole LeBron James NBA thing that we had yeah. going him it.
6: Every single time anyone ever wins an MVP award in any yeah, sport.
12: exactly. Great. So we're
0: back to that debate in the National By the way, uh, I counted up the votes. Uh, three people didn't put McDavid on their ballot. Two people didn't put Matthews on their ballot. What are those people doing? They're no idea, and they no. should have their membership to the Professional Hockey Raiders Association
12: revoked.
6: Right. We do this all the time with the Baseball Hall of Fame. So
12: silly. I tried to get Jeff Blair to vote for Darren Oliver for the Baseball (laughs) Hall of Fame. He wouldn't do it. No? No. The veteran? The veteran veteran, Darren Oliver.
6: Uh, Okay. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell appeared in front of Congress today at a hearing by the House Committee on Oversight and Reform to answer questions about the Washington Commander's workplace culture that included sexual harassment and intimidation, and whether the league had sufficiently disciplined owner Daniel Snyder for creating and tolerating that culture. Last year, the NFL fined Snyder $10 million and he stepped away from the team's day-to-day operations, and the commissioner was pressed on whether he's willing to go further in punishing Snyder.
8: I mean, right now you keep saying you did everything possible. You're studying, you have to do more. Yes or no, are you willing to do more? Yes, of course I'm willing to do more. I never said that we were going to stop. I actually said the opposite. But we will have continue. you recommend that Dan Snyder be removed yeah. as a team owner? Okay, the, you the, the, can recommend the that Dan The gentlelady's
1: time be has expired. The gentleman may answer her question. Your time has expired. You may answer her question. Should Dan Snyder I, be I removed? I think I'm good. Remove him. Will you remove him?
11: I don't have the authority to remove him, Congresswoman.
6: Yikes. So uh, Snyder was also invited to appear today, but he declined, citing overseas business commitments. But Chairwoman Carolyn Maloney said she plans to issue a subpoena to compel him to testify. Tim, what are the chances that this ends with Snyder's removal as owner of the Commander's? 50-50. And here's the problem. You knew this way before
0: they ever got in front of Congress, and I'll tell you why. We got 293 pages on deflating balls in Tom Brady, and all we got out of this was a couple of texts and emails that got John Gruden fired and diverted the attention away from what was going on here with Washington. The NFL was stupid in the way they handled this, and the way they handled this was once
12: again to protect the people with the most money and the
0: they owners. shouldn't have done that
12: by they the brought time, this on themselves by the time these things get to congress they've all jumped the shark anyway i learned that from watching godfather just theater <laughs> oh the theater without a doubt 293 pages
6: on tom brady deflating balls what'd we get on this nothing protect the owners that's what they do uh, pga tour commissioner jay monahan met with the media today ahead of this week's travelers championship in connecticut in response to the launch of the Live Golf Tour, the PGA announced increased purses, a revamped schedule, and major changes to the FedEx Cup playoffs starting next year. And Monaghan talked about the threat posed by the rival series. Let me be clear
13: I am not naive. <laughs> if this is an arms race, and if the only weapons here are dollar bills, the PGA Tour can't compete. The PGA Tour, an American institution, can't compete with a foreign monarchy that is spending billions of dollars in an attempt to buy the game of golf. We welcome good, healthy competition. The live Saudi Golf League is not that. It's an irrational threat. One not concerned with the return on investment or true growth of the game.
6: We have some thoughts on that. But Kenny, yeah, uh, will the changes the PGA announced be enough to stop more players from going to
12: live? What's the P stand for in PGA again? Professional. What do professionals pay for? What do they play for? Money. Money. Yeah. Go, uh, grow the game. Whatever. It's a business and they're getting outbid. And maybe the money's not as clean as you'd like it, but you throw 125 million in front of me to go show up at a tournament?
0: I know you asked the questions, Jesse, but you said you had a few thoughts. Well, months. I just
6: have no idea how he can come and say it's not a legitimate threat when they have limitless money. Just because they're not interested in making a profit doesn't mean it's any less of a threat than a company that would need to make a profit. Yeah, I think he, what
0: he was trying to say is that they are not for the good of the game. Right. We are for the good of the game. Right. We're pure. But okay, at really the end what? of the day,
6: that doesn't hold very much water. No. Well, it yeah. it might, be,
0: might be more pure than live. But oh, yeah. It's <laughs> pure than <laughs> live, but yeah, seriously. But it's not pure. All right. None uh, of it is pure. Let's go
6: to uh, soccer quickly. The semifinals of the Canadian Championship go tonight as Toronto FC hosts Montreal and York United visits the Whitecaps at BC Place. With a win tonight, York would become just the second CPL team to reach the final. Kenny, (laughs) who you got?
0: Oh, nice soccer. Kenny Reed, who you got tonight? Can I go with indifference? (laughs) (laughs) It's a Canadian championship in a Canadian professional setting. What are you doing here? What do you mean indifference? I don't care. This is, helps us get to World Cups. What do you mean you don't that care? It doesn't you help you that? get to World yes, Cups. Yes, it does. It, it helps produce players that will play like Alfonso Davies on the national team. He didn't play for York United. He played for the Vancouver Whitecaps.
12: Not this year. Oh, come on, Kenny. I'm the only guy with the guts to say I don't care. Serious? Difference? No,
0: it's ignorance, not guts. It's ignorance. Uh, you don't have to like everything. I didn't see <laughs> that. So the world croquet like- championship. <laughs> Indifference. <laughs> This is a little different than the world croquet <laughs> championship. Yeah, it's not, not as big. <laughs> I do know you'll be watching game four it. of the Stanley Cup final tonight. That does That'll it for rush. us. A reminder, Hockey Central comes your way. 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific on Sportsnet, followed by that aforementioned game four Sportsnet CBC. and Yankees up next in Sportsnet 360. You watch the Westminster Drive show? <laughs> I do, actually oh do. Oh, my that. God, I'm leaving. You're just unbelievable. <laughs> You're unbelievable, Reed. Two left feet.